Hey there, healthy-ish listeners. Thanks for tuning in to this daily podcast from Body and Soul and hello. Welcome. If this is your first time listening, I am the host, Felicity Harley. Do you have a healthy relationship with food or perhaps you're not quite sure? Well, Claire Collins AO is a laureate professor in nutrition and dietetics at the University of Newcastle and a Hunter Medical Research Institute affiliated researcher. And she joins us today to discuss, well, what a healthy relationship with food actually looks like and how to nurture one. Now, if you like what you hear from Claire, and I know you will, make sure you listen to our chat on Extra Healthy-ish, where we talk about the components of a balanced diet. Claire, thank you for joining us on Healthy-ish today. It's my pleasure. Now, I'm sure this is a million-dollar question, but what does having a good relationship with food actually mean? What does it look like? It's an important question to consider, and it's surprising there's not a definition that's spelled out in black and white. When you think about the amount of time we spend eating and drinking and the more time that we spend thinking about food, And then the even more time we spend talking about food, it really is a wonder that it's not something that, you know, you Google and it comes up straight away. Mm. But, you know, with my team here, we have thought about what is having a good relationship with food so that when people ask your very question, we can say, well, what about this? So some of those key points are, is are you in tune with your body cues so that you actually really do know when you've got that tummy rumbling, I've got to eat something versus I could eat something or I've just popped my head in the fridge and I've spied (laughs) something and now I feel hungry. So really, really being able to recognize that. And surprisingly, a lot of people have lost that. And it's because we live in a highly cued environment. You know, you walk past some of those bakeries and you just, oh, I only just had breakfast and now I want to buy a loaf of bread and eat the whole thing. Or you see an advertisement And you go, yep, I'm going to buy one of those. Oh, and if I buy two, they're half price. What a bargain. So, and then some of the other key things about, you know, whether you you really are in tune with eating is thinking about what you eat. Do you eat a variety of foods? You you can eat a variety of vegetables, a variety of breads and cereals, different types of protein source. And whether you're a vegan or a vegetarian or an omnivore, you, you can eat a range of those things. And do you feel well? in regard to your eating habits. Some of the other key things is, are you comfortable to eat all by yourself or Mm. eat with your workmates or eat with your kids or eat with your family and friends? That's no stress triggers when that happens. And then can you enjoy your meals without feeling guilty or without those decisions about food dominating your life so that you feel tied up in knots and stress every time you have to think about what you're going to eat? Hmm. I, I just want to take you back to the first one because it was interesting. After I read your article on the conversation a couple of weeks ago, that one really sat with me because it, we often don't even think about whether we're hungry. We're just like, oh, you know what? It's one o'clock. I need to eat. But you don't think, okay, am I actually hungry? Do I actually really need to eat? And it just sounds so simple, but that one actually struck a chord with me. It is really interesting about whether or not you need to eat. If you watch little kids, you know, three-year-olds in particular, you cannot force them to eat if they're not hungry. So 
you know, and that can be very frustrating for a parent who just cooked dinner and <laughs> yes, their child eating a, <laughs> eating a truckload at daycare and so now they're not hungry. So that is a really important one. By the time you get to school, you'll socialise that you eat, play lunch, you eat lunch, and then you go home and you have a snack and then you eat dinner. So if, you, if that does strike a chord for you, I'd encourage you to think about what would you eat going to be eating tomorrow, especially if you have to go into work. Pack out your breakfast, your lunchbox. So you've got all the things you usually eat there. Take, take them to work, but don't eat until your tummy says, are you hungry? And you know what I mean by that? It's mm. not just, oh, I didn't eat breakfast yet. It's, wow, my, my tummy's really rumbling and I cannot concentrate. And if I don't start doing some work soon, my boss is going to be onto me. Mm. So, you know, that, and then you're starting to get that message of, oh, wow, this is tummy rumbling hunger. And this is how food is affecting me. I can't concentrate if I have not eaten. But then, you know, you've got it on hand. You've got your healthy food for the day on hand. And just see what's the the difference in the time zone between when you eat due to hunger versus when you eat, oh, time to clock off and everyone else is going for lunch. I better get get my lunch and head down to the lunchroom. Mm. What are some other ways we can develop a healthier relationship with food? If a few of those struck a chord with, with listeners, give us some advice around this. One of the biggest one is what we call keeping a food and mood diary. So this is where you're going to increase your mindfulness, which means your level of awareness about the foods that you eat. So we do have a free one that you can download on our website called No Money, No Time. If you just go into the little box there and I'll type leave links to that food, in the show food notes. diary. Yep. Keep a food mood diary. And so in first column, write down the time, what you're eating or drinking, who you're with, what you're actually doing and how that makes you feel. So by starting to be aware of not just the times you eat, but your emotions, as well as who you're with and what the situation is, you'll get a bit of an insight into what the triggers are for eating. And this is especially helpful if there are emotional triggers. You know, you might go, I've just had an argument with someone, or I'm feeling sad, or I'm just feeling bored. And if you start to recognize that every time you get those feelings, you head straight for the fridge, then that's really giving you that awareness that this isn't tummy hunger. This is actually an emotional and stress hunger and part of the way that you deal with it. So when you keep that diary and reflecting on it, that can really provide some of those helpful insights. If that is stressful for you, reflecting on it, and you think, wow, look at look at this. If it throws up anything, around you think I might need some professional help mm. to work on some of these issues. For example, if it if it is depression, then go and talk to your GP because there are mental health plans that can be brought in to assist. But if you go, oh look at this, every time I'm bored, yeah, I, I'm I'm sniffing out the Tim Tams, well then you can ha- pre-plan some replacement activities. And one of the things that's shown to work is just putting in a little circuit breaker. So if you do have a something you're going to do, it's go, oh, right, that's right. Turn my back on that fridge and that packet of chalky biscuits and go to my circuit breaker list. And if you've kept that in your phone, then you start to retrain your brain to go, oh, check the circuit breaker list, mm. phone the friend, go and vacuum or go and <laughs> talk vacuum. to a friend or ask someone at work 
Yeah. Love it. Can I do a walk around the block? Yeah. Yeah. But the reason why that's really important is because the more you don't do that, the more you just, you know, head head for the chalky biscuits, your brain learns to depend on that response. So it stimulates the reward centers of your brain and they start to link that feeling with the seeking, seeking food. So you can't reverse that unless you've got a pre-planned strategy. And you can't have a pre-planned strategy unless you're already aware of that. So this really is something that you can change, but you need to practice this concept of of mindfulness, which you can do once you've kept the food and mood diary. Mm. Great advice, Claire. Thank you for joining us on Healthy-ish. My pleasure. If you do want to access any of that information, those quizzes that Claire mentioned, I will leave links to all of those in the show notes. If you did enjoy this chat, make sure you rate and review it. We can subscribe to Healthy-ish or share this out with a friend. Anything else, head to bodyandsoul.com.au. Follow us on socials, grab our print edition, which is out in your local Sunday paper. And until tomorrow, stay healthy-ish. News doesn't have to be boring. The Brits have given Prince Harry a new nickname after yet another tell-all interview. Oh, God, is it the ginger winger? <laughs> <laughs> Let the team at news.com.au get you up to speed each day with their podcast from the newsroom. A couple were busted joining the Mile High Club. Well, I guess they can't fly virgin anymore. <laughs> Politics, sport, red carpets, royals. Get all the goss in just a few minutes. Follow from the newsroom wherever you get your podcast from. Listener.